Learning and Yearning is an ongoing project from the high school section of TCTELA. TCTELA's goal is to advance the literacy growth of all Texas students by developing a network of diverse professionals and by providing professional development based on best practices in education. Welcome to Learning and Yearning, a monthly podcast for teachers in Texas. I'm Ivy Gowdy. And I'm Andy Parlow. We are your hosts on this educational journey. We're We're just here here to remind you, yearn and learn is what you do. Welcome back to Learning and Yearning. This is our June reading mini podcast. Um, in this episode, we're going to speak with Richard McGowan. He's our local librarian here at Tascosa High School and with Amy Hart and Hillary Holsey from the Check Me Out podcast. It's Pride Month, which is exciting. And uh, so Ivy and I wanted to recommend a couple titles that deal really well with LGBTQ plus stuff. So Ivy, what, what are some of the books that you're thinking about? So um, two that I've read recently, um, first is Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. So and um, Aidan is a trans author and writes uh, from the perspective of a trans boy who is trying to become a brujo. Um, family tradition denies that to anyone that is female. So he's having to deal with those issues. And it's, it's a really good um, learning about yourself, coming of age story yeah, from the, that perspective. The fantasy part of it's amazing. It, it is beautiful. Really good. Book. Right. Um, and then the next one um, that I read recently is The Prince and the Dressmaker. Uh, this is a graphic novel, and it's just really well illustrated, um, cute story, but also um, an important story to tell. That The Prince is a cross-dresser, mm-hmm. but keeps it hidden um, until he starts to feel more comfortable. And it really just shows, you know, when you can finally be who you are, um, you're just so much happier. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with another graphic novel, which is um, Flamer by Mike Carrado. A really good book. Like, I think, I don't know if it's a review or if it's on the back of the book, but it says that this book will change lives and or save lives. And it's absolutely true. Um, and then King and the Dragonflies by Case and Calendar um, won like the National Book Award, I think, this year. Really good. And, and I listened to it on Audible and I really liked the guy that narrated it. I mm-hmm. felt very deep Southern when I was listening to it. Um, um, and so then you- the last one that's on my list, I think, is just really kind of hit close to home because I have a trans sister. And um, this book is called Trans Plus. And I have not actually read this yet, but it's on its way to me. And um, I'm excited about it because I believe it's a Q&A type format, deals a lot with just all the issues around being trans. And I think it's a book that we do need in our libraries and that we do need to make available to kids because, you know, you just never know. And yeah. We just need to do whatever we can to support. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride. Um, So, uh, guys, this episode, we are focused on reading. um, And we thought it would be really fun to bring in a local librarian. Uh, So I'm going to let Richard McGowan introduce himself to you guys. Hi, I'm Richard McGowan. I'm the librarian at Tascosa High School. What is your current jam? What are you listening to right now? Uh, it's funny because uh, 
I normally will get stuck on one artist and stay with them for a long time, but I've been listening to a lot of Apple music where it's just skipping around and playing a lot of different things. And my favorite song right now is a Jonas Brothers song. Oh my of, of all things, a collaboration between Marshmallow and the Jonas Brothers. And it is, I think it'll probably be one of the songs of the summer. So what are you currently reading? Uh, that's actually kind of a hard one. I've, I'm in between books right now. We did a lot of reading at the end of school as we were preparing for AISD summer reading program. I mean, a whole lot. And then I knew that right when school was finished, I was jumping right into summer school where I'm teaching a uh, freshman English. And so, but I just haven't had a chance to read. So I'm not reading anything right now. What was your favorite of the um summer reading program. Uh, you know what? It's funny. I actually was assigned Golden Arm, the book about sports. I guess that's one of those those gender things where they're like, he's a boy who loves baseball. I actually do love baseball. And I really did like the book. <laughs> do not uh, love but I, my very favorite was Killing November. I mean, I just thought it was spectacular. As it happened, it was the fourth one I read. And maybe it was because it came right after the romance book. And that romance is this so not me. Uh, but Killing November just had me almost from the start. And I did not want to quit reading it. I loved it. I put my stock up today in the house and it's so tall. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited, though. I just bought a lot of books from A Books recently. Uh-huh. Um, just I needed way. some new titles um, for my classroom library and brand new books, um, yeah. $4. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Free shipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did? Why did you want to become a librarian? So I, I really <laughs> didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, and I taught seventh grade math at Bonham for a long time. The librarian at Bonham eventually moves on and becomes the Tascosa librarian. She would talk to me all the time and she realized I had a great love of books and a great knowledge of, of all of the books. And mm-hmm. I brought my kids to the library. And so she just kept pestering me. I mean, she was just <laughs> like, you need to do this. And I was like, no, I love what I'm doing. I, I really did. I, I, I really do believe I could teach math to anyone. And yeah. so I thought I was right where I was supposed to be. And I would be like, Meg, no, leave me alone. (laughs) And she would just like keep going on and on and on and on until finally I said, if I do it, will you leave me alone? (laughs) So I kind of chanced into it because of another librarian. And after I did it, I realized it's it's right where I'm supposed to be. Your perspective of an elementary reader versus a high school reader. And why do you think it's so vastly different? Well, I think when you, uh, I actually talk to the kids about this all the time. And and I just talked to my summer school kids about this yesterday. When you have kids that say, and generally these are older kids that say, I do not like to read. I point them back to when they were in elementary school. And when you're in elementary school, every single kid, I mean, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, every single kid that starts school, their goal is to learn how to read. Mm -hmm. That's why the preschool kid or preschool teachers or the kindergarten teachers, like the first week of school, teach their kids to read something. It may be a a cracker box or a stop sign or something. They know that. So they know that those kids want to go home and say, I know how to read. And so there's a big disconnect between those elementary kids that love to read and high school kids. I've been in middle school for six years and I, what I what I see every day is by the time they get to sixth grade, they kind of already know their reading level. 
they know their grade yeah. level. Like they, they say, I read on a third grade level. And I said, no, no, <laughs> we need to stop that because they're, they already are defeated. I think we benefit greatly with the uh, proliferation of manga and graphic novels oh, right absolutely. now, because when I taught yes. middle school, I, my kids were required to have a book on test days. And after test we read mm -hmm. and they whined and complained because they did not like having to sit and read. And if they had had graphic novels, I think it would have been a different thing. I think you see that now. Mm -hmm. That is why mm -hmm. in our library, manga is the most circulated genre. I mean, they come in, they go out on a daily basis. When I was at Bonham and granted, that was a long time ago. And I'm not condemning those teachers. Right. I think that this was the prevailing feelings at the time. I think they would have said those are not complicated enough. These are not what you need to be reading now. Right. As opposed to now where we just say, it still happens. I mean, even today. Yep. Um, I've heard know, several I had, teachers I had say it. Several of my students um, not like the choice that they first picked. So I brought in a bunch of my own graphic novels mm -hmm. and handed those out. And they're like, wait, we can read this yeah. for school? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very complicated and mm -hmm. you have to do a lot of work as a reader and inference um, to pick up on things because yep. it's that's not as descriptive and you have to combine the pictures and the words mm -hmm. and make those those complicated thoughts. Well, and the things that happen in a picture, it's not said, it's, it's an action. Mm -hmm. And so you have to read it visually as well as, you know, auditorily. And so it, it is more complex. And I don't mm -hmm. I don't think some teachers get that like. I'm hoping people, I mean, it's become such a bigger market. I feel like it's really exploded. Yeah. We spend more on graphic novels and manga yeah. right now. And of, of course that comes down to me and our, our collection analysis on mm -hmm. what we do, but I, that's what we've been trying to build up. That's been our goal the last couple of years. We spend more on that genre than anything else in the library. It's not my favorite. I, you know what? I, so I just keep trying to, mm. and kids recommend them. And I just keep trying it. And each time I think this one's going to be the one. And each time it is not. And Damn I mean, I don't, one. I don't dislike them. They're just, yeah. you know, I feel the same way about salmon. Everyone says, eat salmon. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I keep trying it. I, I hate salmon. I don't do that with, with the graphic novels or the monitor. I don't hate them. They're just not for me. But it, yeah. it is, when I pay attention to what my kids are checking out, yeah. it is what is circulating right now. A lot of the classics are being turned into graphic novels. Oh, to kill a uh, whole bunch, yes. yeah. Beautiful. I knew you thought I that. It's right over yeah. there. Well, I packed I'm it. In a book club. <laughs> it's usually right over there. I'm in a book club, and we're reading uh, Beloved yeah. as a graphic novel. Yep. I got Kindred. Um, have the Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, it's the Odyssey one is really book. well done. I've got um, the trilogies, the Star Wars trilogies. I know See, those I aren't classics like are... in literature, but. <laughs> See, it's like salmon. Y'all are just saying, just try it. You're okay. going to love it. You're I guarantee I can make you a book sack of graphic novels that might convert you. All right. So, you know, Andy and I are both English teachers. You're a librarian. We utilize libraries, but why, why do we want, or what do we want people to, to know about why we think libraries are essential? I think I could give you the, the numbers answer that they take when they're going to administrators or uh, the building principals mm -hmm. to justify uh, the use of libraries. And, and I mean, it has been proven multiple times uh, without a doubt. Schools that have a certified librarian score better on standardized tests. They just do. I yeah. mean, it is, it's not even a close number. It is a much higher number, but I don't think that's the real answer. I mean, that, that, that's a great benefit and <laughs> mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, but the real answer is that reading 
makes everything easier. Yeah. I mean, it makes every single part of your life easier. And unfortunately, as we talked about, as kids get older, they don't read as much. You need to have a reading advocate in a high school library specifically, because when you're an elementary librarian, that's what your job is. You are getting kids to understand the beauty of books and helping them find the right books to grow readers. High school librarians spend most of their time doing research, mm -hmm. teaching kids how to research and find good sources and all that. They can't forget that they've got to also be an advocate for reading because it makes everything so much easier in your life. And well, and, you know, Andy and I both have pretty impressive classroom libraries, and I think we both pride ourselves in being able to match books with kids. Um, not all English teachers do that. And I want to grow up to be Andy. But, and now, you know, now maybe I be too. <laughs> but I, we still utilize our librarians. Yes. And, and even just to have another reader, like you said, advocating mm -hmm. and seeing that it's not that abnormal to love books and, and to see some people that you might look up to um, and know that they're readers. I enjoy showing my kids, like when you, when this comes in my life, right? Yeah. I'm like, they're like, what are you reading now? I was like, oh, I'm reading this one, which Mr. McGowan gave me. And then they kind of look at me and they're like, and I was like, yeah, we always tell each other what to read. Like, and they, that's such a foreign concept, I think to them. If you don't have that heart and soul in a library with people who are doing that, for the kids who don't have teachers that do that, you know, I, I just don't know. I can't imagine schools without a library. In and unfortunately, you know, the trend now with budget cuts, mm -hmm. that's one of the first things to go. It's, and it's trending all oh, over the country. Gross. And, you know, we go to trainings with people from all over, you know, when we go to big mm -hmm. conferences. And I'm just shocked at how many teachers say, yeah, we don't have a library anymore. You know why? It's because... The belief is, and this just burns me up every time someone says it, the belief is that we just sit in our office and read books all day long. No. I can't even remember the last page of a book I read at work. I mean, I most of the time we are, are gigantically busy. Yeah, yeah. Girls are, of course, everyone knows. Girls are smarter than boys. <laughs> I, yeah, we are. I Girl power. We tend to have <laughs> girls yeah. that will continue to read. Mm -hmm. in middle school and in high school at a greater number than boys. And I don't know how you combat that. Uh, Jason Reynolds, that's yes, how you combat that. That is exactly how you combat <laughs> that. Uh, well, I he think, says in an interview, yeah. like, he didn't have any books as a kid. He didn't read because mm -hmm. there weren't any yes. books that were for him. Yeah. And he decided, and he didn't read. He hadn't read a book in years yeah. um, when he started, when he became an author. And he wanted to write books that he would have read. And he did. His post on Instagram yesterday cracked me up because he's on four bestseller lists right now. They're well, that kind of moves into the next question is, um, yeah, what do we see as the future of YA literature? Yeah. Like, what do you see, like the evolution, what's happening now? Where do you see it going? I mean, it's changed so much from when oh, we were in high school. Absolutely. Like there were just a couple of titles, like Outsiders mm -hmm. and um what else? <laughs> I, I actually really think it becomes much more Maybe mainstream. Andrews. Mm -hmm. And it already is. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays. Oh, absolutely. It, there are plenty of adults that when they go to the bookstore or to the library or whatever, want to read YA fiction. Yeah. I think that that is uh, going to be the continuing trend. 
so popular right now. And I, that's where I see us continuing to go. I think YA authors are going to, to wield a bigger influence than they do right now because uh, you have – this is one of those times where kids are reading a handful of big authors – Angie Thomas is who mm-hmm, immediately mm-hmm. comes to mind. They're driving kids to read her books when they would not normally. Yeah. What the kids say. In this section, you will hear from real students from across the state addressing some of our hot topic concerns. Instead of asking hot topic questions this month, we gave the opportunity for students to review some of their favorite books. So, without further ado, here are some kids telling you what they really enjoyed reading this year. The name of the book is called Flavor, and the author of the book is Mike Curato. Aiden is a very good kid. He goes to camp this summer. He believed that gay is seen and they will go to hell. In camp, one of the kids bullied him for the way he is. One night, he and his guy best friend go out. And Aiden kissed him and his friend got mad and go to sleep. Aiden is all by himself alone after he did that. I like this book because Aiden is funny and even though people bully him, he, he keeps it to himself and forgives them. How to Hang a Witch by Adriana Mather. It's a historical fictional book. It has facts about the Salem witch trials put into a fictional story. It's like puts you in the moment. You can actually picture what's going on. It has a lot of details and a lot of talking back to each other and all that stuff. I recommend Hunger Games by Susan Collins, and it's about this girl named Katniss and her family, and she lives in this very rugged area in the United States, which is, it's it's in the future, and there's these Hunger Games, and she tries not to get picked, but eventually she does somehow, and she has to survive in them. My favorite book that I've read this year is probably The Black Thorn Key. Uh, it's this book about an apprentice under a scientist. It takes place in the 1500s. And uh, one day he comes home to find his master uh, murdered. So he's trying to figure out who did it while avoiding all the dangers. Awesome. I liked it because it had some mystery and like it had all these cool plot twists and stuff. Nice. Uh, I recommend for summer reading is Sophomores and Other Oxymorons by David LeBar. And why do you recommend that book? Um, I feel like it can relate and help students at school with some problems that relates to school life. Awesome. And uh, is that the first or second book in the series? Oh, uh, it's the second one. And do, tell me about the first one. The first one is about a kid, the main character. We asked the uh, it's his first time. Uh, I mean, he's going to high school, and there's a lot of uh, stressful things that happen, and it's just problems and stuff. The favorite book I read this year would um, be Shadowhunters: City of Bones. Okay. And the reason for that is because all throughout the book there was just so many twists and turns that you wouldn't expect. And near the end, it all kind of wrapped it up very nicely and transitioned to the next book. 
Very well. Sounds good. So have you read the whole series? No, not you're, yet. You're working on it? Good deal. The book name is Ambule, so in the beginning of the story, she and him, her mother have to move up house. In the new house she is living now, she found a necklace, and that necklace, when you put it on, make you super power. I like this book because it shows you how to be a superhero without a cape. I'm recommending Six of Crows by Leah Bardugo. It has a really diverse cast of characters and a really interesting plot. I've reread it myself about four times already. Um, the characters each have their own unique backgrounds. They're all very different, and yet somehow they manage to get pull things together. My favorite book that I've read this year, it was called Prada and Prejudice. And it was my favorite because it was about time travel. It was like a different kind of time travel. Mm -hmm. Like usually time travel books are traveling into the future. Mm -hmm. But this one was traveling back in time. The thing is, she didn't know she was back in time until later in the book. She thought it was all just an act because uh -huh. she ended up falling and hitting her head, causing a concussion and woke up in the 18th century. Oh my goodness. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief because he doesn't know who his dad is and so he wants to find out who his dad is and he finds out that his dad is like Poseidon and uh, so he gets into a special camp for kids with like special powers and he finds out that he can like control the water and he like meets like a goat, a half goat, half human there and he becomes good friends with him and they go off on like a quest to save the camp or something. How the gods, there was gods, and then how they had children, I thought that was pretty cool. I would have to say the Selection series because it was a really good adventure book. It went really well. There wasn't really a lot of slow places in it. it it's about a girl that um, lives in a town where there are stats so like a one a two a three and it goes all the way up to an eight an eight is the worst and a one being the best okay. and she's a five which is considered not too well mm -hmm. and there's a thing called the selection which gives you a chance to marry the prince which is the one and they, they would automatically come a one so she ends up making it um into the selection oh wow which she doesn't really want to but it's a cool series for her um, going through the whole thing, and it's my favorite book. Awesome. How many times have you read that book? Or the, the series? The whole series, I've read it twice. Oh, like, wow. Three times. How many books are in the series? There are five, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. You really like that. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I, you know, I have a few series that I've read multiple times, too, so I get it. Okay, we are here today with Amy Hart and Hillary Holsey, who are the hosts of Check Me Out. It's a podcast for book lovers. It is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM90. So we're going to go ahead and turn it over to them to uh, introduce themselves. Thank you for having us. We're excited. Um, so we have had you on our podcast, both of you. Yep. Yes. And so it's nice to be able to return the favor to both of y'all. Um, <laughs> I am Amy Hart. I am the program director for FM90. I teach radio classes at Emerald College. And I do some other work for P Panhandle PBS as well. Um, I've been in radio for a long, long time. But my other side project is I love reading and I love books. And so we started um, Check Me Out during the Great American Read that mm -hmm. PBS did. And so 
Hillary and I were like, we should do a podcast about books. And we both love reading. So it was just an easy transition to go from broadcasting and radio over to doing a podcast. Very cool. Nice. I don't know if you remember this, though. First of all, I should say. Hi, I'm Hillary Holsey, and I'm, I'm the content manager at Panhandle PBS, and I also teach intro to film at Emerald College. I work with Amy, obviously, and this was one of your first projects when you first started working with us, and so it was just, it was a great way to, I think we got to know each, even though we've known each other a really long time, um, we got to know each other really well through what books we were reading. Sure. Uh, so what we've really just been wanting to know, like we're dying to know, what is your jam right now? <laughs> As in song? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, I have so many jams. Um, <clears throat> let me sift through the jams in my brain. Yeah. Um, so the past year and a half or so, I've been obsessed with Dayglow. Okay. And he's a Texas boy. The first song that we played on FM90 by him was Can I Call You Tonight? Mm -hmm. And I, it was my most listened to song of 2020. Well, my jam for like two years is Judy Garland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, excuse you. That's like a decade long jam. No, it's Brandy Carlisle, of course. Of course. Um, I've been obsessed. Amy introduced me to Brandy Carlisle from her um, Grammy performance of The Joke. And. I don't know what my jam is of hers. I just listen to her constantly. I have the same CD in my car and have through the entire pandemic. What are you guys reading right now? I'm reading Elton John's biography, actually. So I, um, it's called Me, and it's everything you want out of an Elton John book. Of course, it's the cover. Me. Yes, the cover <laughs> is him with like these rainbow glasses on. It's so extra. Oh, it's everything man. you want. Um, not to be a downer, but I am reading <laughs> Oprah and Bruce Perry's book, What Happened to You, a mm -hmm. book about trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, it's exceptionally, um, well, uh, researched, written, and they, it, it comes across as a conversation between the two of them. So it's Very really cool. cool. All right. Well, I feel like you guys have both found your calling in life, um, with your careers. Um, you guys are doing, you're just rock stars. So, but... <laughs> If you could choose another profession, what would that be? Oh, so I have a couple of answers to this, actually. <laughs> I'm a, I am a nonstop dreamer. I, I, it never stops for me. Um, I have said since I was a kid that I wanted to work for Oprah. So it's interesting that you mentioned <laughs> Oprah. Um, I wanted oh, to work Lord, for her yeah. show so bad and work on the production team because you get all the favorite things, you get oh trips, you get, I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like she treats her staff very well. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to work for Oprah, but um, my next dream that I'm working on, I'm going back to school um, for filmmaking mm -hmm. and I'm writing a script. So wow. I think my next dream, my next calling is film, um, which Great is funny because Hillary's already gone through that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's already lived that dream. So um but yeah, I think script writing is maybe my next Very adventure. Cool. Very cool. I'm also going back to school in the fall. Um, I'm going to be a therapist. So Very cool. I, I think that's my, I've been told for uh, over 10 years that I should do that. I guess I'm a good listener. So you guys just told us what you're, um, what you're currently reading, but I also want to know what has been your favorite read this year. One that I loved, Andy let me borrow, called The Lake Effect. Did mm, you read that too? I haven't. I loved that yeah. little book. It's really sweet. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of a coming of age a little bit, but I really enjoyed it. 
it's an easy read. You can finish it in a couple of days. Um, so I really loved that. Um, but I also read Final Girls, which oh, I really yeah. loved. It's a horror genre, but mm -hmm. it was really good. So there's been, I've had kind of a mixed bag this year so mm -hmm. far. Brandi Carlisle is one of my obsessions. When I was 17, I was obsessed with Betty Davis and her personal assistant from the 80s um, wrote a book about her time being with her. It's called Misty and Me. Aww. And uh, her name is Catherine Cermak. And it was just cool to see like the really vulnerable side of Betty Davis because I think y'all watch Betty Davis movies? Have yeah, you I ever? did. Yes. Yeah, when I was younger, um, quite a bit. Yeah. Like, like she's usually this kind of backbiter type yeah. person. So to see the other side of what she was like was interesting. But I guess I listened to that one. Does that count? Yes. It's, it's an yes. audio book. Audio books. I love audio books. I mean, I love that y'all's tastes are so different. Like yeah. you are a nonfiction bio person and you like mm -hmm. the the his or the horror and mm -hmm. and fantasy cool stories um, yeah yeah i like i'm a rock bio person i have a whole section just of rock bio. i have rock yeah, bios like rock and boys. then bios yeah. because i'm like no these have to be be on their own shelf you know by themselves but i do like a lot of fiction as well and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we're very diverse i think that's what makes our podcast interesting because mm -hmm. there's always a, a subject one of us either knows about and the other one knows nothing about yeah well, so you guys are both pretty avid readers now, but what was it like for you in middle school? Did you were you pretty strong reader? Did you love to read? What I think Hillary was yeah. a way bigger reader than I was at that age. I read all the time. Like yeah. probably from first grade through I don't think I I think college changed it a little bit for me cuz you know you're you have really huge uh, you know assignments that you yes. have to do and it's forced reading. <laughs> I mean, you have summer reading lists and things like that in middle school, et cetera. But um, probably throughout all throughout school, I read a lot. But yeah. Middle school for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did not. Um, I didn't have anybody in my life that was a big reader. And so I was really just reading what was at school, which was forced mm -hmm. and was stuff that I didn't feel connected to, yeah, which I yeah. think we're all still dealing with a little bit. And people right. are trying to change that. Yeah. And so I hate that I look back and think, you know, I, I remember reading Nancy Drew and getting really jazzed about it. I still love mysteries to this mm -hmm. day because of Nancy Drew, but it was like nobody gave me permission to like mysteries. And so I felt like, oh, it's my little secret that I like mysteries and I can't tell anybody um, because it's not the classics. And yeah, yeah. I don't like the classics. I still don't. I love right. the classics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to find stuff that I connected to and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until, gosh, even when I probably got out of college that I started reading for pleasure and yeah. asking people like, what do you like? Yeah. I mean, that, that is so important. Um, our students, they, they struggle. Um, and you know, they've, they've been tested in reading since they've been in third grade and the pleasure has been taken out mm -hmm. of it. The choice has been taken out. And so finding, um, finding that avenue back in the classroom to open readers up because everybody can love reading. Yeah. If you can find what they love. Absolutely. Well, and you also have the challenge now of teaching students that have something in their hand all the time mm -hmm. that is instant entertainment. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked to, um, you know, you guys are the hosts of Check Me Out. So could you just describe your podcast a little more in depth for our listeners? It originally started as an initiative for PBS's Great American Read. Mm -hmm. And so 
for those of you who don't know this, and there is still the book of books out there to, to look at, which is really cool. Um, it was a national initiative to cultivate a love of reading in our country and uh, to discover America's most beloved book. And so the first season we determined we would look at those books and I mean, the words check me out imply that we're trying yeah. to cultivate a love of reading and to talk to people in our community who also love to read. And I think Amy would agree that the really cool thing we found from the first season is that we would invite people in. I mean, unlike yeah. y'all who didn't know each other yeah, and they would walk out <laughs> and just yammering on and on and on about, have you read this? Have you read this? Have you read this? So, um, that's, that's really the whole goal of check me out is to discuss major topics, but then recommend reading to yeah. one another. And since then, we've just kind of tried to pick our own topics and see, you know, like, oh, maybe we do one on when well, we're thinking about mythology or something like cool. that. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, just which, anything that yeah. will promote reading. And so yeah. we did an episode this season on cookbooks. Very cool. Because people read cookbooks yes. and there's so much information in them. Um, how could you see Check Me Out as being a good resource for educators? How do you think they could use it? Well, we've actually had an episode with teenagers talking about the books that they like mm -hmm. and, you know, us asking like, do the classics resonate with you or yeah. what does resonate with you? So we have done, um, you know, a show with younger kids um, we've done some YA shows. So I think, you know, hear what other people are reading, but think about your students as you're reading those things, you know, yeah. and think about who you're going to pass this to when you're done with it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that maybe that's one of the things that Check Me Out can help with is we have a lot of educators who have been on. Yeah. And so listen to what they're recommending and think about who you're going to pass it to. Yeah. We've also had episodes specific to promoting literacy. So like we had one with StoryBridge this this season mm -hmm. um, with my two lifelong friends, which was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, they're friends on their own level, but then they were talking about things that they did in their own classroom that I don't think either was totally aware that the other one did. So yeah. they kind of got some ideas from one another in it. And um, just sharing some of the stuff that they did with their students. Obviously, we've had y'all on. Yeah. Uh, and Richard. Mm -hmm. And gosh, how many other educators? We've had a lot. A lot. Also connecting to local, uh, the local libraries. Uh, we've had Stacy and Melody, Stacy Clopton and mm -hmm. Melody Boren um, on several times. So also knowing what programs that the libraries are doing, yeah. I think would be super helpful because mm -hmm. they, they tend to talk about what initiatives that they have. Yeah. Um, so I guess my, my big question is what, what do y'all see as the future of Check Me Out? Like, well, what do y'all want to do? You know, we um, had been thinking like, oh, I think we're just going to do a couple of seasons and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, then we got a grant to do season three from Humanities Texas. Mm -hmm. So this season is actually sponsored by Humanities Texas, which is really cool. And so we were like, well, okay, I guess the third season is going to be it. And we've already been approached with another sponsor. That's amazing. <laughs> so it looks like season four is going to happen. Um, you know, and at this point, it's like, what genres have we not talked about, you know? But I think we just, we sat down the other day and we came up with a really quick list of like, here's some potential ideas. You know, we always um, try to have a local author on every season. Yeah. So we already have somebody planned for season four. And then we usually take a famous author and we have a, an entire episode about that person. So I think 
we're kind of already looking like, who are we going to pick for that? Um, but I think still just promoting literacy and talking about our favorite books. It, it makes me read more knowing yeah. like I've got to talk about stuff on the podcast. I should probably, and it keeps <laughs> it really diverse because I'm always trying to branch out to different yeah. types of books instead of just sticking with one thing. I think one of the, it's difficult, but it's also fun to pick our guests. So we yeah. like to say, okay, which by the way, I would, I think I said this on our pod, podcast too. I would pay somebody $20 if they could tell me the number of times Amy has referenced you specifically. Oh. <laughs> I started editing you, I started editing it out because That's I funny. had mentioned you so many times during this season. And I was like, I, I talked about Amy again. Yeah. Well, yeah. we like to think of those people that mm-hmm. we would like to have on. And then we try to think of people we haven't had before. Yeah. And I think that's another thing we look forward to is mm-hmm. just still trying to bring in as much of the community from far and wide mm-hmm. um, to be guests on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Season three of Check Me Out is out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. And um, I'm hoping that we've got a season four coming up. I think it'd be really fun. Um, Like I said, it always makes me read more. So I love that. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Learning and Yearning. We would like to thank Amy and Hillary from Check Me Out, Richard from the Tascosa Library. Music is provided by Fully Modern Kitchen. Be sure to go to tctela.org and get involved in monthly webinars, submit a proposal for February's conference, or join a section like ours. Full recordings of the interviews with our guests will be available on the TCTELA website.